Good morning, Northgate and friends. We're going to get into God's word this Sunday. Let's just pray, Lord Jesus. I pray that you would bless your word. Just speak to our hearts. Help us to grow, to learn your word doesn't come back void, Lord. Uh, may we just clear our minds to hear from you. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. So this week we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So the Corinthian church, we know Paul is addressing them for disorder or difficulty and some questions they have had in regards to how they are functioning. So here in chapter 12, the topic turns to spiritual gifts and then it's going to move on to the order of the service and the greatest gift of all love is sandwiched in between in chapter 13. But let's read a few verses and then talk about them together and see what we can learn. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So we'll stop there and just begin. He says, now concerning spirituals, the word gifts there is in italics, so it's not in the original, maybe in your Bible. So it says, now concerning spirituals, I do not want you to be ignorant. He doesn't want any confusion. He doesn't want people not to know. It's very interesting because this topic itself has generated much question, much disunity. And in my Bible, it's interesting that the heading is given spiritual gifts, unity in diversity. And it is sad that it has caused so much disunity. And Paul is going to shed light on here that we would not be ignorant as people or a church, but that we could grow. And one of the first things he says is, that their past, you have to be careful, can be brought into the present into how they are using these spirituals or spiritual abilities. He says, you were Gentiles, you were carried away by dumb idols. So the way they worshipped was affecting the way they are going to worship. And he has to say to them, I want you to understand that what you did in... Uh, your worship to dumb idols and the disorder or the difficulty is not a part of how they should function as a church. Now, it's not only the church gathering or service he's speaking into. It's actually the church in general, which is every day in our gathering with other believers. That could be one on one. That could be small group. We are the church and we gather once a week. But the church is always functioning and blessing one another. But the big point is no disunity that could be brought in for how you are practicing these things from the past into the present. And that's really important. He wants to make known to them that the Spirit of God will always emphasize Jesus, will never accurse the name or blaspheme the name of Jesus. But Jesus will always be known as the Son of God, the Lord. And so what a beautiful picture. If there is any spirit out of order, it will blaspheme Jesus or not claim Jesus, whereas we will elevate Christ and they should 
elevate Christ. Now we do see, because of the past or people's personality, we do see misuse of these spirituals. But nowhere in the Bible do I believe that does it say that they cease until Jesus comes back. Now, obviously, when things aren't used right, there's a tendency in our lives to say, well, I don't even want to go there if it can cause a problem. So what we do sometimes is we slingshot back to say, that wasn't done right, so let's just not do that. But the Bible would say, and Paul's trying to correct them in how he says this, is yes, that there is use, and just because of use that isn't correct doesn't mean no use, but it means proper use. And in the whole book of Corinthians, we have this idea of order, and in order, beautiful blessings to edify the body of Christ. So there's going to be a list here in a minute of different spiritual abilities or gifts. There's a list in Romans 12 as well. And there are definitely lists in other places, even at the end of this chapter and into other chapters. Ephesians chapter 4 will just speak of different abilities. So some of the things mentioned that we're going to go through is a, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, miracles, healing, faith. In Romans, we see leading, we see mercy, we see giving, we see administrations, we see the gift of evangelism. What are these things, these spirituals? Well, I explain it to people like this, and I heard this once. It's supernatural things in the natural. Something that supernaturally comes easy to me in my natural life, which would be very difficult for others. And the first one mentioned, wisdom or a word of wisdom. For some people, it's very natural to have that wisdom, to give a word of wisdom. But for others, we have to work at it and gain it through experience and life and we can share, which is really important. But for some people, it comes naturally. Another one in Romans, giving. Uh, it's easily explained that supernaturally, some people in their natural life are just givers. I remember my friend Ralph, who passed away this year. When he saw a need, he stepped into it. It was almost like supernaturally, where I'd be like, oh, I don't know, I don't have that much. He ne wouldn't necessarily have a lot, but he would step into that. Supernaturally became a natural action for him, where I would have to work at it. It doesn't mean I don't want to be a giver, but it comes easier to others. It doesn't mean I don't want to be wiser as for wisdom, but it becomes more natural because God has given them a supernatural ability to step into those things. And we see that. And these are spiritual ones, but we see it in the physical world in some things. Some people have the spirit of wisdom for music. It says in the Old Testament or artistic things. Basile had the spirit of wisdom to be artistic. Now, is that spiritual? Well, I don't know. Some ways it could be or not, but it is physical. I know in my family with that idea of that gift of music or having that ability, what they can do naturally or learn quickly, my life, it's not the same. Speaking from the heart, I tried to learn to play the guitar. It didn't go so well. I'm still working on strumming patterns 20 years later. It's not natural. It's work for me. But then I see some of my children pick up the guitar and they learn very, very, very quickly. Now, for me, physically, sports always came easy. For others, they don't seem coordinated. 
for others how to fix things or not fix things. And we can go things, but it seems through things supernaturally, they can learn and grow. And in spiritual things, he's saying, for some, it is much easier. For others, it is work. But the important thing is then the unity comes in. We need each other. And where the Corinthian church was failing, and that's why in verses 12 through 28, he's going to say, listen, you are not more valuable because of your gift, your values in God. And they were finding disunity because, hey, this guy can teach, or hey, this guy has a gift of prophecy, or hey, this guy has this gift, so he's up here and you're down here. The gifts don't measure whatsoever your value, but they should bring unity when we look to bless one another with them. Verses four, five, and six present this picture beautifully into verse seven, where it says there are a diversity of gifts, but the same Lord. Now, if you read this through, note how many times it says same, same Lord, same spirit, same God. So he says there's a diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. There's differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but the same God. Now, note here you see the Trinity, different, but working together in us, the Spirit giving us different gifts. The ministries from Christ, Ephesians 4, where it says clearly, he descended, and when he ascended, he gave gifts or offices to the church. You might remember that, some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some teachers, some pastors. So we have the Spirit giving us gifts that we operate in different roles or ministries, all empowered in activities by God. Beautiful picture. We definitely need each other. And it says these manifestations of the Spirit are given to each one for the profit of all, as I mentioned. But I want to re-emphasize not to separate but to bring together because we are different, but we act together for the benefit of the whole body to profit. I don't practice the gift that God has given me, the things that come easy to me, the supernatural things that I operate in the natural to benefit myself, but rather to benefit the body not to think of myself. And so often we're processing through self, meaning, what are my gifts? Let me take a test. Oh, how does this make me feel? But rather, if we just function naturally in the way God created us to do what came easy to us, to bless others, man, that is the church. And I remember talking to my missionary friend, Jim Stanley, and they plant churches in Senegal and Africa. And he would say, when you saw different gifts working together within a group of people, you had a church, not just the gathering, but people using their gifts throughout the week as they walk, as they talk, as they give to one another, as they give words of wisdom to one another, as they prophesy for one another, as they pray for healing for one another. That doesn't have to happen in the gathering, though it can. 
but can happen throughout the week. And we are one body. And I find this generally very interesting because the church in some ways has separated on the basis of emphasis of gifting. Well, we have the Pentecostals over there and they're all into the spirit and prophecy and healing. Well, we have the conservative over there and they're all about wisdom of the word of God. And we create our little clumps and we're trying to be different. But then we are a handicapped body because you need me and I need you. I might practice this and operate in this, but I need you where I am weak as you practice that. And that's the sad thing because God wants us to work together. Now, Northgate, we're growing and we're a little bit different because we have a vast difference of people and different backgrounds and different giftings. Because we are a non-denominational church who started, we've attracted people who have come from maybe as I mentioned, different backgrounds, different emphasis of giftings. So the beauty is, now I want to tell you it's more work, but if we can understand one another and be strong for one another, we can be a stronger body for the work of God to bring glory to him. Just not emphasizing what we think is right, but seeing all these gifts operate. Now the difficult thing is probably they're seeing in Corinth, that's hard because people are trying to value what they can do better than others. Now we do that naturally. Oh, look at me, I do this, I'm good at sports. Look at me, that's my value. No, 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 no. I need you who are good at other things and you need me. And what a beautiful thing when it works together for the profit of all. Now, here are some of the things he mentions in this chapter. And we don't wanna talk about Romans because we're not teaching through Romans and go through all that gifting or Ephesians, but focus on some of these. And I wanna go through them very, very quickly. And I wanna tell you in each of these, the perfect example is Christ Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit, demonstrated them, but we see them demonstrated in the church. And some of you have this gift and you need to practice it for the body. And the rest of us need to as well work hard, maybe not gifted in that, but work at it. So the first one is to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit to another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. Now, these are two different things, wisdom and knowledge. And you're like, well, they, they kind of sound the same. But to maybe make a difference between them, the New Living Translation, it says to some has been given a wise advice or a word of wise advice or a word of wisdom through truth, processing truth, or through the Holy Spirit, that they can give wisdom when others have questions. Now, Jesus demonstrated this all through his ministry. One example is, do you pay taxes? They try to trip him or trick him. And what did he say? Well, no, give to Caesar what is Caesar, give to God what is God. That was a word of wisdom, tremendous wisdom to answer their question. And I think in our church, you've probably seen that as you ask people different questions and some people will give you off the wall answers. They're trying to be wise, but you will know those people who their gift will make room for them and you will ask them and say, what does this look like? And they can answer you in wisdom and how beautiful that is, a word of wisdom. And we need that. And others, the flip side of knowledge, Jesus showing that is having a specific word of knowledge into someone's situation. And Jesus demonstrated this so beautifully with the woman at the well, stating all the husbands that she did have, not knowing her, but knowing through the Holy Spirit her past to speak into her life. 
Now, how does this function in church? It's for encouragement. It's to bring people to Jesus. I know there's different times that I've spoken that God has given me a word of knowledge. Starting services and having a picture in my mind, whether it's Northgate or somewhere else, a specific memory would be speaking at different camps and one time specifically seeing a picture of a woman walking on a beach, feeling alone and broken. And I just mentioned that. I just said at the start of my teaching, I just see this picture, just have this thought of knowledge that someone's struggling, feeling alone, you're walking on a beach, but I want you to know that you are not alone, that Jesus is with you and he loves you. Now some will say, well, that's a big general statement, but the specific picture of someone walking on the beach, I didn't know who it was for, but by faith, I just put it out there. And so they could test it, but the beautiful part was after the service, a woman came to me and said, listen, my husband's very sick, my life's in, in turmoil, and I often see a picture of myself walking on the beach alone. And when you said that, and I heard the words that Christ was with me, it really changed me to know that Jesus hasn't left me alone in the midst of the circumstance, and he is walking with me. That is a word of knowledge. I didn't know that lady, but yet it encouraged her to be brought closer to Christ. And maybe you experienced that, or maybe you have the gift. And you always test that with the Lord before you say it, and you bring it forth for the edification to the prophet, not to bring down people, but to build them up. It says to another in verse 9, faith by the same spirit. These are all gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? Faith, functioning. We know there's missionary stories of those who stepped into things with that gift of faith where others could not. And we admire that and we enjoy that and we're encouraged by that. And we ask God, give me more faith. We're trying to practice. But some supernaturally have that gift of faith to do things which would be much more difficult for us. What a blessing to the body of Christ of those who have faith. And we see them and we're encouraged and we desire to be like that. But thank the Lord for those who supernaturally can have faith. And in God's word, Jesus, always trusting, always having faith. But even his disciples, we see the difference. Peter had a gift of faith. He stepped out of the boat. He kept his eyes on the Lord. He walked on the water. He did eventually fall because he took his eyes off Christ and he gets a bad rap. What about the other guys? They're still in the boat. But he had this ability, so it encouraged the others. And we see that within our church, that people will say, well, let's do that. We believe God can do that. We trust God can do that. To another, it says in verse 9, the gifts of healing by the Holy Spirit. And we know we're all called to pray for people to be healed. James 5, it's not an option that if someone comes to the elders, the elders are to pray. The disciples went out two by two to pray. We're called to pray. That's our responsibility. What God does, that's his call. But I want to pray. But some people have this wonderful blessing and ability to trust God for healings, and God certainly uses that. And we've seen that in our midst, that it's more natural for some to pray that people will be healed. And it's a beautiful thing, and it doesn't happen all the time, but when it does, we give God, the glory that his spirit is active and working in our midst. It doesn't have to be at church. You know, not someone's well. Let me pray for you. And some people have the gift to think of that, to do that and pray for them. 
And we have seen people healed. I remember Elder going to the hospital and praying for someone. In that moment, God touched them. And we say, why then and why not now? I don't know. That's up to the Lord. But I know our responsibility is to pray, believing and trusting in God. And some people have the gift to do that. It says another, the working of miracles, Jesus working miracles. We want to believe God for miracles, but some people have that ability to say, no, God is going to do that. God is going to work. We are going to see things that we couldn't do in ourselves. And that is the beauty of the God we believe in, that he is at work. It's not in our natural ability, meaning without his intervention, but sometimes God gives us this ability to pray for him to work in special ways. To others, the discerning of spirits. And we call that just, you know, people have the ability to discern. And we see this all the time. And I, and I really believe my wife has this gift. And there's been times in her life where people have come and tried to be a part of our fellowship. And she said, just be careful, Dan, because I just sense something's not right there. And how encouraging that was. It's not that I went to that person right away and said, oh no, what is it? But over time to be careful in prayer, and so often it has happened that that person has not been what is best. There's a discerning of the spirits and some people are gifted in that way. Now we always wanna ask God, is this from you? Is this not from you? to beware, to understand, but some people have the greater ability and we need them for the body of Christ because we know there's false prophecy, false heresy, there's false prophets, there's wolves in sheep's clothing. We need that gift of discernment working together. It says another has been given different kinds of tongues, another interpretation of tongues. And we're going to talk about that later in chapter 14. But to speak different languages, prayer languages, we see that to talk to the Lord. And also it says prophecy to another has been given prophecy. And we know in chapter 14, it says desire prophecy. What is prophecy? It's foretelling or foretelling. It's speaking for God. And that doesn't necessarily have to happen in the big church gathering. That could happen that I am foretelling something to you and you're called to test that. But that word is supposed to, in 1 Corinthians 14, bring you edification, exhortation, and to comfort you. That God is speaking to you to build you up, to comfort you. And what a beautiful picture that is when someone is gifted in operating in that supernatural ability to encourage the body. And I know how blessed I have even just recently receiving emails of people speaking what they believe God spoke to them into my life and reading that and being so encouraged. It made such a difference. It comforted me in amazing ways. And we see Jesus continually practicing this with the Holy Spirit in him, this perfect picture to things in the future, individually for people's lives, or generally what would happen. Now, obviously we test all of these things, but they are called to encourage us and just see a church, people who are wise, people have the gift of teaching. You see other people have the gift of prophecy or the gift of administration, the gift of mercy. You see people with these gifts of miracles and coming together, what a powerful, picture what a powerful church that is 
again, there's going to be misuse. That's okay. It doesn't mean we throw them out. It's beautiful because everyone say, oh yeah, the gift of teaching is real. I look in the book of Acts and we look that obviously Apollos was teaching incorrectly. So what happened? Did he teach again? Well, he certainly taught again. Did people teach in general? Well, sure they taught. It's essential. But what? Priscilla and Aquila took him aside and corrected him to proper use, to proper teaching. I love that. That's how it works in all of these areas as a body. We nurture, we help people with these supernatural, natural abilities so they can be used properly and incorrectly. We stop, we start again and say, well, no, let's test this, how it's being done, the same spirit, not to bring breaking up, but to bring unity, to see the body in those verses function together. Otherwise, we're not a healthy body if all parts aren't working. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's God's power in our life. It's how he created us uniquely and wonderfully. But we're not all supposed to be robots all like one another. We're supposed to use our gifts together to bless others. That's a healthy body. The power. This beautiful picture. As I was studying, thinking of this, of a waterfall. The power it generates but we harness it by doing things properly. And then there's power through that same spirit, right? By Jesus and God for his glory. I so desire to see the church function together, not to separate, to people to use these supernatural abilities in the natural. And when we all function together, oh man, the power and God gets all the glory. All the glory. I don't want to divide. I want to come together. And I want to encourage you to use your gift to lift others up for God's kingdom. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We believe you. We believe your word. Lord, help us to function in your strength, in our lives, for your glory. Pray this in your name. Amen. Well, be blessed. Have a great week walking with Jesus. We'll see you later. Bye-bye.